0: If it is your first time here, it's a great night to start because we're starting a new series. We're starting a series called Explained, as you can see on the screen, and I wonder if any of you go looking on YouTube for, like, how to do something. Anyone? Like, raise your hand. Oh, okay. I kind of was like, uh, who would say, like, YouTube is mainly entertainment? Who would say YouTube is, like, mainly, like, functional, like, I'm going to look for something, I'm going to get an answer, and then I'm going to leave YouTube. Okay. But you're not gonna leave YouTube because there's those little related videos on the side, you're like, mmm, just one more. And then two hours goes by, right? Yes, yes. We'll do another series on screens uh, later on in this series in the in the year, but um, tonight it's interesting. I, uh, there's a group of, of men at the Siena campus that bond around things of barbecue. I literally just got done having a conversation with Tim outside about brisket this weekend and ribs and all that kind of stuff. Anyone like barbecue in the house, right? okay? so So if we ever did like a, like a, like a, a barbecue out. You guys would like invite your friends to that? Would that be something you did if we were like, let's get a bunch of smokers? Okay, all right, all right, interesting. So I like to go to YouTube to learn things, and sometimes it's like a how to do this or how to do that, but sometimes I get into, and this is where like, this is the danger zone where I I start looking up um, conspiracy theories (laughs) and mysteries. You're laughing because you've been there. And there's this downward spiral. And then six hours later, it's four in the morning. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to go to school in like three hours. <laughs> what's going on? Uh, you know, um, and so, so that, that happens. And sometimes I can just get into a deep, dark hole of, of mysteries and things like that. Anyone, anyone just want to take a stab? Maybe one of the top two or three like mysteries that you're like, yep. I would watch 11 hours of YouTube on Stonehenge, Stonehenge like how it came to be. I was like, is Stonehenge a mystery? I don't know. It's just a thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Anybody else? The pyramids. The pyramids is a a big one. What else? What? I thought you said KKK. I was like... (laughs) Eber Fernandez. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Didn't know he had it like that. John F. Kennedy... The president. Okay. right <laughs> on the camera. Yeah? Huh? World War Two? Yeah. So, yeah, one more. Huh? Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't hear what he said. The bathrooms? Fill me in. I don't... So so if Christy wakes up circa 4 a.m. And, and finds me in the living room, like, ah, I'm learning. <laughs> it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah, I come into work with, like, sunglasses just pounding coffee tomorrow. That's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. I was not aware. I, a couple things, I, I wrote a couple down. Like, have you ever just thought, like, how does the Internet work? Does that, like, blow your mind? Like, how does the Internet work? Especially now, like, you're just walking. It's always there, you know. Um, you ever, this is just weird. This is not a mystery. It's just, you ever thought of how weird it is that we, uh, we call Iceland, Iceland, but it's green and we call Greenland, Greenland, but it's, I, no, like I knew some of you would be like, I'm dying to tell you the answer to that one. I'm, I'm good because honestly, right now, this is just kind of a little joke for the sermon intro and not the actual explanation of the naming of countries, (laughs) shockingly, um, Another one. Anyone get into Bigfoot and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, still a thing. Um, this is a big one. I discovered this one today. Why? Why is it called a W when it really should be just called a double V? Some of you are like, this is devolving. Okay. Here's a question. Here's a question. Any Marvel, any Marvel fans in the room? Any Marvel fans? So I have a question. I have a question. I have a, um, a bone to pick, actually. How, how do you think it's possible that Peter Parker could be so annoying that he distracts, like, this almighty sorcerer from doing a spell, and then he kind of just messes up the multiverse? And that's kind of like the whole plot of a movie. He's like, stop it. I'm trying to do a spell. Like, he hasn't done that for years and years and years. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a little loose. Okay. Here's a funny one. Here's a funny one. Um, This is just something I've noticed. This is not a mystery to me. I just think it's funny when there's like a language barrier, go overseas or something. Like take old people overseas, okay? Seasoned people, people above a certain age. I'm old, okay? So, but I don't do this. Um, There's this issue when like there's a language barrier and there's like this like I don't, I don't, you know, they're saying saying they can't speak English or whatever. And so, old people, do you know what old people do? They're like, they say it louder. That's like, uh, that's actually not going to help anyone right there. Can you take my picture? It's like, actually still can't understand English, even though you're loud and annoying. <laughs> um, Seeing that in person. So what's interesting, the reason we're doing a series called Explained is because we want to take a moment out of our year to kind of explain some basics about the Bible, I can see you are all like you have all hit your related videos on the YouTube of the sermon right now, and I want to kind of pull you back out of those. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you're like stilting. I was like, but seriously, what's going on with Bigfoot? Um, so, so the Bible can be very mysterious. The Bible is mysterious. The Bible is mysterious to literally anyone your age because there's no way on the planet that someone your age can be like an expert in this area. And here's what I'll tell you, just my experience growing up. My experience growing up was that I felt kind of guilty for not being an expert in the Bible because we went to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, that we were a Christian family. And so, are we good back there? She literally caved down into the floor when her cell phone started ringing. Okay, so cell phone's on silent. Um, So, no one should be expected at your age to be an expert on the Bible, but if, can anyone just maybe tell me like, yeah, there's been times where I felt a little like, oh, I don't know the answer to that question, and maybe it makes you feel bad. Like that, that happens. I felt that way when I was your age, and I remember one of the things that did in me is it actually kind of discouraged me from reading the Bible because I was like, if other people know it and I don't, Um, first of all, there's no hope for me. There must be something wrong with me. And I'm just saying, like, listen, this is a difficult book to pick up. And I think the thing is, is that there's just got to be a point in your life where you just kind of start. But it is a very difficult book to understand. In fact, it's a series of books that was written over centuries by 40 different authors, all inspired by God. God breathed on them. We'll talk more about that in a different week. But it is all sharing one message, one story towards one direction. Now what we want to do over this series is we want to talk a little bit about what is the Bible, where did it come from, what's it about, how are we supposed to read it, how does it work, why when it says it's powerful, what does that mean? When it says it's inspired, what does that mean? We want to talk about all those things, but I'll just tell you that... Um, I will, I will just be upfront with you. like I, I really got serious about reading the Bible. It wasn't until I was in college. It really wasn't. In, I, I was reading the, the, the John 316s, right um, and things like that. Like I knew Genesis 1:1, I knew John 3:16, and even those I would kind of mess up when it was time to quote them. Um, but if you've ever been there, I want you to know, I really want you to hear this. like you are in the right place, and you will never get made to feel guilty here for not being a bible expert because who who could imagine a middle schooler or a high schooler who would be a bible expert at at your age here's uh maybe a way that i will use to illustrate it before i get into the scripture um last year some of you may remember if you were infused last year in the sixth graders um you were not here obviously because you were in kids ministry but last year there was from time to time i would i would make fun of people who liked harry potter And you're like, okay, I'll let you have your reaction. Okay. Uh, I do believe I called you nerds. Um, I stand by it, but, but I have started reading at 39 years old. I've started reading Harry Potter for the first time, for the first time. Now I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not. We tried watching the movies. We fell asleep. Like, so. Um, Shh. So, so one of the things that I've learned is that, and I said this to the guys in the back earlier, I said, it's kind of one of those moments where everyone is kind of like a fan of something and you're not over here and you're kind of like, I wonder if I'm missing something. And then my son is reading them and I'm like, man, it'd be fun to have kind of something to, to talk about and bond with over like stuff like that. So I've, I've just of curious, you know? And so like, I'm in the middle of book two. Is where I'm at. So I'm really, really early. Now, I have some friends who do a podcast. Here's the story I want to tell you. I have some friends who do a podcast. These are two of my best friends on the planet. They're in Arkansas. They, this podcast is called Tyler, Tyler and Neil Explain Everything. And they explained like the whole Harry Potter series in this one moment. Now, one of them has read Harry Potter. 37 times and loves it still to this day. And one of them has literally never read them. And so one of them is explaining and one of them is asking questions. And it's, it's really fun. And I'm like, well, I'm just starting to get into this. So it was really interesting. What they did at the end of the, the, the podcast, and I've, I brought a clip for you, I'll show you in just, just a moment, is they did a draft. They did a draft of you pick three Harry Potter uh, characters and you pick three Harry Potter characters. And if they were get into a fight, Who would win but one of them has read harry potter like a million times and one of them has never and it was just looking at pictures uh from the movie and like a list of names like that one seems like maybe he's tough or whatever and so i brought a clip i wanted to show you real quick here's here's my my guys from arkansas
1: okay so here's uh this is how i think we do it okay we'll do a draft and it's going to be a fight and then i'll tell who would win okay okay um i'll let you go first because you're going to tell me who wins well, yes, because I'll analyze. <laughs> I'll analyze. I mean, if I you get know. first pick. I won't know. There's some powerful people, yeah. and yeah. it's like essentially a three-on-three three battle royale. What is your team? And uh, and we'll see. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna let you go first. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Bellatrix Lestrange. Okay. I don't know who that is. She's a bad guy. I know who's played her. Oh, she's a bad guy. Actually, it turns out she, um, according to Curse Child, she had a kid. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, she had oh. a kid with uh one of the bad guys for real so, yeah we don't know about it um, oh. but she's she's a death eater she's really bad she's oh bad. she's a death eater she's bad she's a bad person oh okay yeah she kills right. so um, Harry's uh, godfather that's not good who is also her cousin um okay so my first pick will be Albus Dumbledore oh cause he's like the OG he's OG yeah he's most one of the most powerful wizards I would say uh Argus Filch <laughs> Have I picked a good one? <laughs> no, he's a yeah. he's a squib. What does squib born- mean? I don't squid know. What means squib means wizard parents, but you have no magical powers. So now he is the caretaker. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, he's. I picked the abs- worst guy. He's absolutely the worst you could have chosen. No, I mean okay, okay, well, cool. a squib. Okay, well, all right. Well, I mean, if right. I could pick my team, squid. I'm gonna go Voldemort, Tom Riddle. Well, dang, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I literally told you earlier. He was he's right the time. worst. He's the, but he's, he's, he's powerful. He's powerful, but well, he's, he's not, gonna, he's like Dumbledore. He's not as powerful. They call Dumbledore the only one that he feared. Um, because Dumbledore saw him for what he was the first time he met him. Oh, and when he was a little kid. And so anyways, but yeah, Tom Riddle, I'm rolling with Tom Riddle as my okay. second. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm going to, oh, dang it. I'm going to go with, uh, somebody named Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> <laughs> what am I not picking? Good names. She's evil. You pick. She two, bad. You picked two of the meanest. You picked the three of the meanest people in Harry. Did you Google mean Harry Potter characters? <laughs> no, I just picked she Harry is, Potter characters. She is the only. Okay, Voldemort's in the whole thing. He's evil. All these people. Her picture. She looks like a nice lady. She's the worst. Um, okay, my third. You know what? I thought about Galette Grindelwald. Like he's the one that uh, Johnny Depp was hang, hang playing. Hang on, I'm gonna, oh oh oh! Yeah, Galette Grindelwald. Yeah, I'm um, looking him up. I'm looking him up. So I would have said him because he was pretty powerful, but I think only because he got the Elder Wand. Um, I'd say he'd be a big deal. But you know who I'm going to roll with? How do you say Hermione. Oh, g- g- Give me Hermione. She knows all the spells solid. So I've got Dumbledore, who's powerful but good. I got Voldemort, who's powerful but bad. And I got Hermione, who knows everything.
0: Let me tell you, I feel like the nerd content went to like a 99 out of 100 just now. And so who's who's... Okay, just real quick, Harry Potter fans in the room, who, okay, non-Harry Potter fans in the room, so the rest of you are just like loud and proud, nerd content, you know, okay, I get it, so, so here's, here's, here's what's interesting about that, we got to watch, we got to watch my friends Tyler and Neil like do this this 3v3. And one of them had no clue about any of the characters. And I could tell, like I'm listening and I'm like, well, I don't really know any of the characters, um, so it's not funny to me. It was funny to Tyler and it was funny to the Harry Potter fans when he picked um, some of those characters. And here's here's the point. I was thinking about that when they when they had that conversation, and I was thinking, if you have. This, this may be like, okay, so like I know like Genesis, a little bit of Genesis. I know a little, a little John 3.16. And you kind of piece some things together. Here's the danger in just being like, I think I've got the basic idea. There's Genesis. There's Jesus in there somewhere. I think there's a flood. Is that in order? Is that out of order? And then Jesus is going to come back one day. Is that about the right story? And I think that's the idea that people have, um, especially not in your age, but in in the like the just a little older than you. Because what happens is is we don't learn about the Bible for ourselves. It's kind of what I want you to hear, and maybe this is a little bit of a warning. We don't learn about the Bible for ourselves. We don't like sit and open it and be like, I wonder what it's all about. Because by the time you get like, maybe some of you are falling asleep. Some of you don't like to read. Some of you are like, man, I just don't know where to start. There's no way I could read this whole thing or whatever. So what people do is they take their idea about God. Track with me here. They take their idea about God from other people and what other people say. And so it could just be someone random that says, like, so what if I was like, I'm gonna teach you guys about what Harry Potter's like, and I brought my friend Neil, who knows nothing about Harry Potter. He'd be like, well, you know, you're gonna want this person on your team, and you'd be like, eh, that doesn't seem like the right, doesn't seem like the right picture. And I will tell you, like, as a, as your student minister, like, I care deeply, not just about like sprinkling in a little scripture and throwing some pizza and some video games at you, water balloon fights, all of it's great. But the thing is that I care uh, so much about is that by the time you graduate, you're able to wrestle with the scriptures on your own. You're able to kind of have the picture of the whole Bible on your own. That's why on Sunday mornings, I love the way we do Sunday mornings. We are walking through the Bible all the way from Genesis to Revelation. We're kind of in the middle of the Old Testament, right? Halfway uh, almost kind of in our curriculum. We'll spend in the next half uh, this, this school year, I should say, we'll spend finishing the Old Testament. Um, but what's been amazing about it is we are seeing how things connect, how people connect, how the whole story from Genesis all the way to Revelation really connects. And most people only rely on, on what they hear people say about the Bible. And some people are like, well, I'm just going to listen to my pastor or I'm just going to listen to a podcast. I'm never going to open it for myself. And that's a danger. That's a big danger. And so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to look at what the Bible says about itself. We're going to look about what scholars have told us about the Bible. Um, we're going to talk about how it impacts us. I'm going to tell with you, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you in one of the weeks uh, why I've come to the conclusion that what the Bible says is, is, my, um, is my guideline. It is my boss. It's my authority. Okay, what the Bible says goes. I don't get to choose to like take a verse out and be like, "Mm, I don't want to obey that one because that makes me uncomfortable. Or does the Bible know it's 2022? I'm going to take that one out because that one doesn't fit in our culture. No, you will literally never hear me say that because the Bible is is true yesterday, today, and forever. It's been inspired by God who was the same yesterday, today, today. And forever on into the future and I'm just gonna tell you uh, we're gonna study these things okay so today we're gonna be we're gonna be in this uh, book of Colossians um, and we're just gonna say really quickly uh, what the Bible says about God okay because the Bible matters maybe the most because it tells us about who God is it shows us who God is and the truth is The Bible, a lot of you, if we were to, like, give you the the microphone and you're able to say, like, here's the problem I have with the Bible. Here's the question that I have that the Bible doesn't answer. The Bible does not answer all of your questions. Have you ever heard a pastor say that? I've heard pastors say, the Bible has an answer for everything. I just don't think that's true. Now, I think that the Bible says a lot and covers a lot of territory, but, like, Let's talk about some hot topics today. Pick any hot topic and say, what does the Bible say about that? Some hot topics have a direct response from Scripture. Some don't. And so you have to kind of go up to like an elevated level where Jesus talks about what's true and what's not true. And so, yeah, it's difficult. And what I want to tell you is the Bible does have answers for your most basic questions and your most basic needs. You're absolute. So here's what I think the Bible does answer. How did we get here? That's going to be a debate over the coming years in your world, if it's not already been a a debate. I think the Bible answers why are we here. I've been talking the last couple weeks about how that's maybe been my biggest question over the course of my whole life. Like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? The Bible answers that very clearly, very clearly. How did we get here? How did the world begin? Who is God? Who is God? What are we supposed to do with our, with our life? Have you ever just sat and thought about that? Like, am I, am I, like, fulfilling my purpose? Or am I just kind of existing? The Bible answers those questions. The Bible talks about relationships. It talks about jobs. It talks about money. It talks about heaven. It talks about hell. It talks about how to treat people around you. It has a lot of answers to your most basic questions. I'll tell you, like, that is straight up true. Now, You can choose to reject those answers, but most people, track with me here, most people are over here listening, they got the Bible in front of them and be like, what do you think the Bible says? And they're going to listen to someone else. And this someone else may not even be trustworthy to tell them what the Bible says. That's why I will always tell you, i like, man, please bring your Bible. Check what I say, check what Pastor Malcolm says, Pastor Greg says, Eli, Nikki, anyone in this room, check what we say against Scripture. Okay, read it for yourself. If you graduate and the thing that you remember is like, man, Fuse was awesome because the water balloon fight and the pizza, man, it was, it was fun. Like, we will have failed. But if you graduate with this grasp of Scripture from start to finish, then I think we've really set you up for success. Here's what the Bible says in, in Colossians. Is Paul writing... He's going to talk to the, the Colossian church. These are Christian people specifically, and he's kind of talking to us too, but specifically he's talking to the Colossian church. He's going to say this one verse, Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I'm going to just pause there for a second. It's talking about Jesus, okay? He's the image of the invisible God. The reason this is the first verse in this series is because if the Bible is, is really mainly looking at Jesus, um, then what we're seeing here is that when you see Jesus in Scripture, you're looking at a picture of God. When you hear Jesus talk, you're hearing God talk. If you ever want to know what God cares about, look straight at Jesus, okay? Now, the whole Bible has a whole story. We've been talking on Sunday morning specifically. Um, In fact, if you were in LBS this past Sunday, I taught... Um, in both groups and one of the things i said was just because something is described in the bible doesn't mean that we should just go do them on sunday we were talking about how solomon had a bunch of wives and a bunch of concubines and we said just because it's in the bible doesn't mean like that seems like it's in the bible so uh seems like i have a green light to go ahead and have three no not wise not suggested and then if you see how solomon's life ends you would see He's the wisest person on the planet, but somehow completely got that side of his life wrong, and they were the ones that turned him away from God because he had this one area of his life where he was really off, off base. Just because it's in Scripture... Right? But if you want to know what God cares about, you pay attention specifically mainly to Jesus. The whole Bible's pointing pointed to Jesus. All the way from Genesis pointed to Jesus. Revelations talking about Jesus. Everything in and through Scripture is pointing to the Son of God, which is Jesus. That is, he is he's the main point. Okay, so, so what are we saying? He's the image of the invisible God. So if you're like, man, I wonder what God would say. Like, look at what Jesus says. Here's verse 16 and 17. For by him all things were created. How did we get here? Bingo. Like, and I don't think that's a super big shocker. We believe that God created the earth and the heavens and earth, the universe, and everything that was created in six days, and then he rested on the seventh. That's not like a big shocker, right? By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and, what does that say? For him. For him. Why is everything here? For him. I think one of the things that we do is we're like, <laughs> maybe you've heard pastors say this. Again, check everything against scripture. The Bible is God's love letter to us, and it's telling us all about us and our identity and blah, 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 blah. And listen, it might sound pretty. It's not about you. Like, it's about God. It's about Jesus, and it's about him. And the thing is, is that he did create us. He did create us with with just purpose and passion and everything. He has a plan for our lives. But this world is not about us. Here's what's funny. You don't really learn that for a little while because your whole life is just kind of like, well, this is about me, so I'm gonna get what I want, right? Just live in your life. You're born, you're, you're a baby, right? So what do you want? What word does no one have to teach you? Mine mine, right? Um, the parents in here are like, oh my gosh, I'm getting triggered because I heard my kids say that 37,000 times today. Um, and that's, that's how we grow up. But then there's this point where right at this age, this is why I love student ministry. This is why I want to do student ministry for my whole life. This is the age where you guys start engaging with this kind of uncomfortable truth for the first time. This book is pointing us to Jesus. This book's about God and this book is about how we can fit into his plan. It's not how God can fit into our wants and our wishes. Did that just kind of break your universe? Maybe a little bit? You're like, oh, I kind of thought the Bible was about me. A little bit. It's about God. It is a story of God, and it's a story of God over and over and over through history, pursuing his people with like fierceness even though his people man I don't want you I see you talking and I don't want you to lose this because it's super important I think people think well God is really angry in the Old Testament and then Jesus shows up and he's kind of nice or whatever but then he brings a sword out in revelation and so I don't exactly know how to deal with that God is pursuing his people over and over again right even though they spit on him they turn their backs on him and over and over and over now what people won't want to like hear is like well did you hear that the plagues and the the ark was only for 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 like seven people, but everyone else had to die in the flood. It's like yes, and he gave us warnings and truth. But I'm going to tell you, in 2022, it is not popular to say that what's in here is truth, and that we should find our purpose and our identity in it. It's not popular. Warnings after warnings after warnings. But you know, it's not popular to believe the Bible. I don't care what's popular, quite honestly. Because if it's popular for like 100 years on this planet, I'm like the most like, man, I did everything that the world tells me to do. But then I face Jesus, and he's like, hmm. So you bet on popularity for 100 years, but then separation from God for an eternity. What kind of gamble is that? What kind of gamble is that? Why would I do that? Why are we here? By him and for him. The next verses go on. This is so good. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do you know the very fact that I'm breathing right now is his choice? We don't think about our breath. It's involuntary. You are here because God wants you here. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Verse 19, for in him, who's who's Jesus? In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Here's what I love about that. That gives us this picture Okay, so all this was because God wanted it. God created it. God gave it purpose. And then He said he's going to give us two verses. Paul's going to give us two verses. And this is kind of how we'll wrap up. Verse 21 to 22. And you, he's talking to the Colossian church, but he's also kind of talking to you, right? Who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. Let me just... Turn that into language we understand. He died on the cross for you, okay? Even while we were spitting in his face and turning our back in him, he died for us, is what it says. His, the, his body of flesh by his death. In order, why? Here's the purpose statement. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. We, we could honestly... Take that and worship on that verse for the next 24 hours. While we were sinners, Christ died for us, right? To present us, why? To present us holy and blameless and above reproach. We go to heaven, it's not like, hey God, I'm perfect because I'm a Christian. I did everything right. Nope. Anyone in here perfect? Not me, not you. But what happens is, is we die, we get we get this meeting with Jesus. And those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, He has exchanged, He's taken our sin, and he's given us His righteousness, His perfection, that he paid for on the cross, so that He could present you before God the Father, holy and blameless. That is so good. And the whole Bible's pointing to that, that point. But I don't know, it's not not very popular to be about the Bible. I don't care about popularity. And I want to warn you, do not be deceived by the schemes of culture of 2022. In light of eternity and God's purpose and everything he's created, do not be deceived by it. That's why we're doing this series, because quite honestly, I, I don't expect you to be like, read the whole Bible in a year and be an expert in the next. Here's what I'm telling you. I super care that you're able to hand the, handle the scriptures by the times that you graduate, because then you're and you're gone, you're doing your thing. I want you to be able to enter that next step of the world and just say, like, man, I know... I know the basics of what God is saying here. I know how to find my identity in him. I know how to find my purpose in him. I know how to walk out the steps. I know how to determine God's will that's in Scripture. Very simply put, Romans 12 says, this is how you discover God's will. And it's all, it's all in Scripture. So we want to explain this over the course of the next few weeks. And we want to keep going over it, and we want to keep going over it, and we want to keep going over it. If it sound like a broken record, maybe it'll get to a point where you're like, it seems like Mark cares that we care about the scriptures. Bingo. Bingo. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Just those verses are rocking me today. That you took someone like me who was fully selfish, and fully only concerned with the things of my own life, my own future, my own betterment. And, and you sent your son to die for me so that you could place me before God, holy and blameless. I pray that students here tonight that are wrestling with their, their salvation would literally stand up at the end of this message and find a leader and ask questions. Someone someone may need, you need to pray. No fancy, no fancy uh, altar calls or anything, but just boldly place their faith in you. So Lord, I pray that whatever needs to happen would happen tonight. And I pray that as you send us out, that you would just protect us, bring us back so we can continue studying this very, very important topic. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And amen.